and welcome to this Southcast Extra for this week with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner. How much sleep did you get last night, Ollie? Um, I got to sleep probably after midnight. <laughs> um, it God. was a um, yeah a fun evening. Um, drove home after the game. Um, the mud at the back of Sainsbury's is horrendous. <laughs> so I kind of walked, mod, kind of yeah, got through the mud. Drove home, and my phone was just going mad constantly. Yeah, kind of focus on. Oh, well, I was focusing on the road. Um, actually, funny enough, I was driving to. Um, I come like, from Starbridge to Bridge North, and mm. I was driving um, towards Bridge North, and I hit the biggest pothole I've ever ever hit. <laughs> I'm not joking. It was like a, a shotgun going off my ear, and oh, the God. whole car went bang. And then um, when on the way home, um, I saw a car with its hazards lights on the bottom of the hill. So obviously they'd hit it as well. Oh, yeah. But luckily well, there was nothing wrong with my car. But yeah, it was an eventful journey. That was the only bump in your road last night though, Ollie. That's for it sure. Was. Uh, it was. Because we are, we are here for a special one. Mainly because there's a lot to talk about from last night and obviously the impending uh, Liverpool game. And uh, you know we probably wouldn't have enough time to talk about everything we want to talk about. And then also do a reflection on Fleetwood. And also if we go to Fleetwood and lose 3-0, it won't be quite as much of a fun week to do a podcast, will it, Ollie? So yeah, no. we're here to... Let's be honest, that's the main reason why we're doing a special podcast. Exactly, yeah. And we do we do like to be reflective of things. And I think that um, we're going to run through it, the reaction to this game, the social media reaction, and obviously where the, we're leading to in terms of this big game. I think it is worth reflecting on it because it's, it's a pretty big moment in the club's history, I suppose. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's worth just noting as well, we've got some really nice insight um, from, from some of our football friends um, yes. in terms of um, Anfield Rap and um, this is Anfield. So big thanks to those guys giving us some insight. Um, into that so yeah it should be um, yeah just, let's get into it yeah before we get into it Ollie you know we're, in terms of the Liverpool game we should reflect what happened last night for Bristol City so yeah here we go in-depth review and now Shrewsbury are chasing the winning goal Stoke City are collapsing here and it's Doherty low for Lawrence extraordinary so Shrewsbury Town 1 Bristol City of the Championship nil get um, in Alan, Alan Pierre on the 89th minute, perfect time to score. Sir Aaron Pierre, holy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, scores a wonder strike and, yeah, fantastic result. Good result for Shrewsbury um, and takes us into the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, attendance was um, 7,000, um, basically 200, um, with over at least at least over 1,000 Bristol City fans who, yep. to be fair, at times they made a bit of noise, but considering um, the amount of fans they had, and they could have made a lot more noise, but I guess in their defence, um, they're a bit frustrated. And obviously, we know what it's like to be frustrated fan base. And yeah, they yeah. weren't as noisy as you could maybe have expected. So we're in the fourth round, Glenn. So looking mm. back, history, historian Glenn, what's the <laughs> what's what's our recent history? Yeah, I mean, it's probably just reflecting now how many times, you know, we've got to this, you know, we've been around as a football club since the 1950s in terms of the Football League and how many times we've actually got to the fourth round. It doesn't happen very often, you know, it's the first time it's happened back to back um, in terms of getting to the fourth round, two consecutive seasons since 1983-84. So you're going back almost 30 years there, aren't you? Um, and in terms of how many times we've got there, we've done it 15 times in total so far. So this will be our 16th appearance at, at the fourth round. We've won seven, so won roughly half of the games at that at that point. Um, and we forced a replay four times, which I think Brian and Roland would really, really like in terms of getting <laughs> to, uh, would be quite <laughs> to Anfield. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so as I just mentioned, yeah, losing four nil to Liverpool in ninety five, ninety six. Um, but since then, obviously, there's been there's been three other occasions where we've got that far to the fourth round. So, losing four nil to Chelsea after we beat Everton in two thousand and two or three, um, then two thousand fifteen sixteen when we beat Sheffield Wednesday with Grimmer's last minute goal, and then obviously last season eighteen nineteen when we lost to Wolves in a replay. So, it, I think the first thing to say about all of this in terms of looking at the history is it, it's not happened as I say since the eighties to go fourth round two years in a row and. 
we, we've talked about the league form all season, haven't we? But let's give Ricketts some massive credit to get us to that stage. And we'll talk about prize money and stuff later. It's a, it's a really good tick on his CV at Shrewsbury Town to have, to have done that back-to-back, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It shows that he'll go down. You know, a bit of history was created last night, I think, um, in yeah, terms of Pierre's massive. goal. And that's something that yeah will definitely be remembered. And for me, it's nice to be at the game. So, yeah, you've, you've made a lot of the kind of big kind of, you know, you know, what do you call like standout games of the season? Yes. Um, in terms of Doncaster away and um, that that Stoke um, victory. Um, mm. So yeah, was, for me it was nice to be at one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, it was fantastic night, and we're going to get right through that now. But at the start of the night, Ollie, I'm going to have to call you out a little bit because I'll run through the team now and I'll, I'll point out something that I saw from you that you're going to have to justify, Ollie. So yeah, the the team lineup was the same as what we played at Bristol City away, where we we did really well. Also, the same team lineup we started at Doncaster Ray, where we did pretty awful, didn't we? So, yeah, it was a Lyrian goal. Williams, um, Ebanks, Landell, and Pierre as the centre backs. Love and Goldborn back as the wing backs. Norburn, Goss, and then Laurent and Giles in front of them, and Ado up front. So, I looked at that team and I thought, fair enough, we were crap on Saturday against Lincoln. So, I was expecting changes, five changes from Saturday. Um, but you, your tweet was the exclamation was what exclamation mark? Like you were quite disappointed. So. I don't know what was what was that all about, Ollie. <laughs> I was just walking to the ground um, in mud, and I just oh, thought, God. oh god, like why is he not had any changes? And I just wasn't, yeah, wasn't really thinking straight. And then <laughs> I think it was yourself, yeah, it was yourself that pointed out there was five changes, and I replied, yeah. I don't know what I want anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, uh, the 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 it's so interesting. The hangover to from the Doncaster, yeah. and um, particularly the Doncaster game where we were tragically poor. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, boring let's say Lincoln yeah. draw um, I just I don't think I'd be happy with anything maybe I just wanted to see face start maybe that was what it was and I think that's why everyone is so happy about this game in that it's just a one-off game in isolation isn't it and we can you can only look at it as just the FA Cup win everything it's brought the riches it's brought to a certain extent and it is nothing but positive the, and we could talk about the performances everyone was really good anyway when we get to that but you know, for, for once this season, it's been nice to have had one of those games where there is literally no me- negative capstone under it. And, you know, but that's the vibe I'm coming out on this podcast, Ollie, because I'm pretty buzzing about last night. So, yeah, I mean, I was happy with the team. I thought, you know, it, if, if you look at that performance at Bristol City and the way they played, yeah, it, it how, makes how sense. Much, yeah. Being sensible and thinking about it, um, yep. it is it is a sensible decision. Um, gave the players a chance. Um, yes, the same team was really poor at Doncaster, um, but also it gave them a chance to redeem themselves from from that game. It um, did. And hindsight is a wonderful thing, and that's why we do a yep. podcast twenty four hours after the game. Is yeah, the team team performed really well, and obviously we got the result. So fantastic. And- and they played a slightly stronger team as well, didn't they? I mean, yeah. they weren't massively weakened in the Started first game. Started Ryman, yeah, for example. Yeah, exactly. He was a pretty anonymous, to be honest with you. Um, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so they were stronger. We were we were back to as strong as we were when we played them. And it was all set for an exciting game, or or at least a difficult, challenging game, Ollie. So, yeah, I don't know. It was good. Pre, pre-match was a nice little bit of atmosphere bubbling up, I thought. There was obviously a, a 7,000 there on a Tuesday night under the lights, which was great. It really helped the atmosphere. Before we talk about it all through the game, I think it's worth commenting that um, block nine, um, sorry, so, well, block nine, the safe standing area, and then block 18, 19, both did fantastic. Both with a drum, both kind of kept the atmosphere going the whole game. There was only really a sort of three or four minute period where it dulled down um, in the first half that I can really remember. But in terms of an atmosphere, which is what Ricketts was asking for at the end of the podcast we talked about last week, in terms of boosting up you know, um, their chances of scoring goals, he definitely got the, the atmosphere they'd want for a cup shock. Yeah, definitely. The atmosphere was fantastic. And I think you're right to say, in terms of the way you described it, this game is kind of, you know, the, the cup is separate to the league. Um, yeah. And yeah, kind of everyone just came into this game. It was a, a no lose. You know, if we lost, it wouldn't have been at the end of the world. We're playing against a team that is, you know, throwing money at the championship. 
um, if we'd lost mm. to them, and that would have been no, um, yeah, you know, you, you know, I don't think anyone would have been too grumbling too much um, no. if we'd lost to Bristol City. Um, so yeah, it was. I think it was just like a free hit, really, and hopefully um, we can yeah build on something from this 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 kind of positive atmosphere that's surrounding the club um, after the victory. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's a free hit that we knocked out of the park, Ollie. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, into the game then. Um, we started okay, didn't we? Let's be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny because I said, we were I, yeah, I said we started quite encouragingly. Yeah. Um, maybe just because it was much better than the last few games. Pooley called me out saying, "Like, am I watching the right the same game?" But I said we were encouraging. Uh, maybe encouraging is maybe too strong a word, but I think it's fair to say we were pa- we were passing well. We were putting men forward. Um, the centre backs were pushing up. Um, it was definitely a, an improved performance. Um, against than we've seen against Doncaster and Lincoln, um, and I think for me, I was really pleased is that we actually cre- started create some chances. Yes, we were giving them chances. Maybe that's mm. what Pooley was referring to. Um, but for me, it was quite good that you know he had a sense, didn't you, that we were going to create chances in, in this game after like I don't know, it was twenty five minutes. I did that tweet. I thought um, I thought we we started all right. I think there's, there's two things to think about that improved performance. One was I think that we were better than we were on Saturday, um, in term, and, and certainly on, on the Doncaster game. Um, there was a, a bit more desire, there was a little bit more Christmas with the passing, and, and there was a, there was obviously the atmosphere there that was keeping the lads at maybe a higher level. But I think you also have to, have to factor in who were playing and how they played the game, because for me, Bristol City were a little bit naive, I think, in terms of how much attacking they did and how they left us space the whole game to keep exploiting. And we'll get to it more in the second half where they where they did it a lot. But certainly playing a championship team seemed to give us a lot more time on the space and ball, on the ball and certainly gave us space to run into behind the defence, which we don't really get in League One games very often, do we? No, no, that's a good observation. Um, they definitely gave us um, encouragement to push forward, I'd say. For sure, yeah. And then they really do push forward. Yeah. <laughs> their um, their right back sometimes was playing up front, um, and not even just like out wide, like literally up front. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't think I've seen a more attacking team play against us this season, to be honest with you. Obviously, I didn't no. go to the home leg, and I'm not sure if they played like quite like that. But um, yeah, so it certainly was a, a different challenge for us, and one I think... When we talk about Ricketts ball, like we did for a lot last week, if there's ever a game sort of designed for Ricketts ball that the opposition are going to play, to me, I really felt like it was the way that Bristol City were playing. It looked, it's almost a little bit like that, a little bit like the Sunderland game, Ollie, in some respects. Yeah, like they was, had a lot of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it's fair to say that we are a team that, because of our defensive solidity. Yes, a good counter-attacking team, but sure. I would say we were a, a bit more than just a good counter-attacking team. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was yeah. really interesting. There's a really good tweet from Mark Elliott where he said that Town played an intensity and bravery tonight that should provide a blueprint for the type of performance they should go should always aspire to. A great night, and I think for me that's that's what they need to do, and that's what these are the levels they need to meet. And I think that's partly why we get quite frustrated when we have we have some off days and some, you know we've had a bit of a run now. Is that we mm-hmm. know there is potential in this team. Yeah. And I think that makes it even worse. If there were a, you know, a, a really, really tired team without, um, you know, without a plan um, and without the capability to to push on, you you may be a bit more conservative and you have to be mm. a little bit dour in kind of your expectation. But we know this team does has potential, um, which is which means that you kind of yeah. you're gonna have more expectations. I agree. I, I agree. When you compare this to Stoke last year, when we went and got an amazing result, at no point last season did I feel like they could really kick on massively from where they were. It felt like it was one of those games where they had an inspirational performance at Stoke, turned it on and, and turned the game around and came away with an unreal result, really, from where they were. But, you know, you still felt like the next game, Waterfall would let you down and we can see three goals and maybe not yeah. score enough. Whereas this team, you're right. You're completely right. And that's the vibe you get. And that's why maybe we're being overly harsh at times when we talk about these league games, because 
There is a talented bunch of players here, and we'll keep saying it over and over again. They've shown it again last night that there is so much more than where we currently sit in the league table, which is now 16th. Um, and I know we've touched on league form rather than this game a little bit, but you know, nights like this and the way they played, the togetherness that we hear about was on show completely. The passion, um, the drive that we've been missing in so many games this season. What Mark Elliott said is completely right. And um, yeah, you know, we could talk about all the details we go through, but it, I like talking about the game in these terms because it, it was such a contrast, really, to some of the recent games. Yeah. Having said that, Ollie, we still only had. 37% possession in the first half but we were just smarter with when we had the ball I think yeah, yeah and uh, you know we were going to we did defend deep at times but we defended well yeah, yeah. Um, we really frustrated them and while they had a large amount of possession um, and for me this is like almost like yeah the classic Leicester argument okay you know we don't really care if you have possession because when they were nope. passing they had it basically their central defenders had so much of the ball so much so that their central defenders sometimes running forward into our, our half but yeah. I'd much rather um, they have the ball than their attacking players. And I think our tactics worked well. Um, the shape was fantastic. The work ethic was really good. Um, we'd clearly come in with a good game plan um, and we delivered that game plan. Um, and the team worked really hard and we really um, you know, really shut off their space, which meant that while, yes, they did have a good possession stats, um, yeah, we, we we did well to limit them to... They had some chances. That's not, I'm not going to say that they didn't. But, um, you know, in terms of their possession, their possession and the chances, you know, are not in, in, in correlation, mm. if that makes sense. In terms of chances, they had that really good long shot, didn't they, that yeah. forced Murphy into a, a fantastic save, to be honest with you. You know, a weaker keeper would have definitely let that in, pushed it wide for a corner. Um, and, and, they had, and they had some other chances late yeah. in the half, too, where there was a, a good effort when they hit the post, wasn't there? But, yeah. you know, it, it, I would say, well, I would agree, we only had 37% of the ball, but by half-time, in terms of those chance creation and, and in terms of sort of the chances of the game, I think it felt like a very even game for me. Yeah. And, we had yeah. maybe even better chances. Like, um, yeah. I don't know, they're just the, maybe the, the BBC was a bit biased in, the, in their, um, in their uh, highlights of the game, but it was definitely Shrewsbury dominated the highlights. So Pierre, I call in this a target finder shot. <laughs> So yeah, he, he just, never scores from long range, Pierre. I don't know why he tried to do that in the first half. He was just finding his <laughs> range. So he's like, yeah, a bit of a practice shot and from long distance. Yeah. Um, Love had a cross um, and the ball came into the box and bounced around. Um, it Could comes to Norborn and then he kind of controls it, gets it onto his right, realises he can't shoot on his right, goes to his left, has a good shot, has a deflection um, and goes out for a corner. And that was a good effort. I thought. I thought as soon as I saw him, it was it was left foot. I thought back to our podcast last week with uh, our guests talking about how he never uses his left foot. And it, it almost felt like a, <laughs> it almost felt like he listened to it. and thought, right, I'm going to shoot my left foot. I'll show them all. But didn't score, so maybe he should stick to his right foot. <laughs> you know, it was, I, I don't know. I don't think it was on target, was it? I think it might have just been going wide. But it had um, a deflection. It, was, it, was a decent, it had a deflection. Yeah. And went ah, for okay, corner. fine. Yeah. Um, and then there was a really nice bit of play um, where Goss plays in a doe. Um, and then he gets um, he gets a shot off, um, but at the keeper, and there's a decent save. Um, so I thought that was a good effort as well. Yeah. Um, and then there was one of the attacks of the half um, where Ado um, controls the ball. Um, another bit of good target play, target man play that he did, I thought. And then there was a foot race, and Giles just absolutely burnt um, their right their right um, fullback. I can't remember his yeah. name. Um, and then Williams, he just left them for dust. And to be fair, Williams, he was he actually. Was in the in the race where the other guy just fell away. Um, mm. Unfortunately, um, Giles had the effort and it went high and wide. Um, but again, it was a bit again, nice out, yeah. it, was a, it was a nice moment and it was yeah it was it was a good bit of counter attacking play from Shrewsbury. No, it was, and it was just showed us the way we were going to keep going at it. I mean, Williams just after that first Ado chance where um, he got in and smashed it at the keeper, he made a good save. To be fair, there was another moment where uh, I think it was Goss played a ball over the top, and Williams actually got caught on his toes, and it looked for all the world like Ado had just sprang clear of the back line, um, but it just rolled close enough to the keeper. So there was there was moments even when we 
weren't actually having shots where they were sort of prompting and trying and you, you were just you were kind of out your seat for once this season thinking oh that was close or that almost happened and I think a lot of that was obviously the crowd carrying along as well but yeah, it was it was interesting. I think one of the things from Bristol City's point of view um, that I've been reading today was that they think unsettled them a little bit in the first half was their centre-back who started Williams got injured after about yeah. 11, 12 minutes. Um, and I think there were a couple of times where the guy that came on, he was okay, but there were times where Odo did really well in terms of his hold-up play and the guy was just weak. He should have got up Odo and he never did. Um, and in terms of that first half for me, Odo and Laurent particularly in the attacking in the attacking phases, I'll talk about the defence later on. They were just amazing throughout the whole game. But in the attacking phases, those two particularly, I thought worked the hardest in terms of the closing down. Both of them worked their bollocks off. And there's no knock on Norburn or Goss. They played slightly different roles at times. But those two, the pace and the energy they brought us was one of the things that really kept us in terms of um, the, the sort of counter attacking and the pressing in the game for parts of it. So they deserved a huge amount of credit. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, again, a similar theme, isn't it? It's a whole team yeah. effort in terms of defending. Yep. Um, in terms of chances in the second half, uh, I think it's fair to so say we probably didn't have as many um, in the no. first half of the half. The game kind of continued in a similar fashion, um, possession f- for Bristol um, and then a bit of counter-attacking and you know, a bit of ch- chances for both sides. Um, I think there was a key moment where um, Giles got injured, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a substitution and Wally and Lang came on. Um, and yeah, interestingly, they linked it straight away. Really nice cross into the box um, for Lang, who headed it a goal and he just couldn't quite get enough on it. Yeah, but imagine the scenes if they'd come on and in like 10 seconds they'd scored. That would have been quite funny. Yeah, it was like literally, I remember putting on Twitter, it was, it was basically Wally's like second touch and it was Lang's first touch, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it would have been an unreal moment. And um, Lang came on and man alive, he was like a man possessed. He was yeah. absolutely brilliant, I thought, Ollie, yeah, he was really um, good. in terms of the way he played. Uh, and Wally wasn't quite as impressive, but he still did a good job. But yeah, Lang is such a good player. And, yeah, um, he is. He's class, isn't he? You know, one of the things I tweeted today on, on Twitter was I said, take the windfall from this this victory, right? If everyone wants us to go out and buy a striker, go and buy Callum Lang now, give him a three year contract, and in two years or even a year and a half, you'll double your money on him. Because there's More no than way double he your be... money. If yeah, Ivan Tony's no... worth over 10 million <laughs> and, and Lang progresses and, and manages and scores goals, which he looks like he can, yeah, he is, that would be a great investment. It would. So if we're going to be anywhere interested in selling him and potentially... The Wigan probably wouldn't s- let us have him, to be honest. But Well, I saw some Wigan fans talking about how they should recall him. So Oops. that's slightly concerning. <laughs> so maybe we should keep, keep quiet about Lang oh, and make sure they don't think he's, he's that good. But he was fantastic when he came on. I mean, we haven't talked about too many of the players. No, so we're we getting haven't. towards the goal now. But yeah, let's just talk about the defence as a start, Ollie. You know, we'll get to the goal and what happened at the end of it. But, you know, have they been better than... Uh, they've been exceptional this season, but have they... Are you talking about a, the central defenders? Three, or are you talking about the, the whole... Three back, yeah. Yeah, the three centre-backs, yeah. As a three... Have they been better than that this season? No, I thought it was a superb performance. And, um, mm. Everyone, Pierre was, um, you know, superb in defence again. Um, getting a bit concerned oh, that he's he's going to get snapped by a championship team. He's putting in such good performances. Um, but yeah, the, the back line had a really good game. I think it's really good to see Williams have a really good game as well. I mean, best I'm not saying he's been terrible, yeah. but yeah, it was his best game he's had for a while, which is not surprising, you know, he's starting his career. But yeah, I thought Williams was an absolute boss. He was really clever. And I think he seems to be learning a bit as well. There's a few times where he was under pressure and they were grappling and he went down for a foul. And yeah, he's definitely developing into, into a really, really solid um, League One central defender. Oh, I... I'd make you know I like you know Norburn will probably be here next year anyway. Who knows what will happen? But Pierre is the next captain in waiting, isn't he? He seems like a proper leader on on the pitch as well. I listened to his post match interview as well. He, he spoke really highly. You know, if we if we've got him next year and we can somehow keep hold of him and maybe set him down for a year or two more, he definitely is captain material. I think, and um, obviously he could do whatever he wants to choose me now after what happened later on. But yeah, I think that's good. I think it was fair fair yeah. to reflect. I think on it's worth I, saying that Love as well for me um, picked up his, his performance levels. 
Um, yeah, a little bit, really yeah. good game. Um, Goldborn and um, um, Giles were for me two two standout players in the in the tyre Ashton Gate. I yeah. don't think they hit the same levels. Um, no. I'm not saying they had a bad game, but um, they were outstanding at Bristol. I just don't think they quite had the same performance um, this I week. I think that Love and Goldborn had the most difficult job to deal yeah. with in the game. If I'm honest with you, they were dealing with a, a pace of, <laughs> a lot guys. of players. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was tricky for them. And then Love probably did slightly better than Goldborn, but there was a couple of times where you just thought, maybe that wasn't quite what we wanted. But but overall, going forward then, when we when we got going, they really both got up loads, yeah. to be fair, as well. So but while we were reviewing players, um, I have to say, I thought Goss, especially after he got his yellow card, had a really good game defensively. Mm-hmm. And I yep. thought Oli put in a really, really good um, captain's yeah. performance yeah. Um, in terms of effort. Like, I'm sure they were definitely sore this morning um, if they ever actually got to sleep. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good and... Yeah, let's get to move up to the the special moment. So, <laughs> did you did you see um, Cummings get called to come on? Yes, it yeah. just took a while to get him on. No, but did you see well? see his reaction to when he got called? No, no, I didn't see that. No, he ra- he sprinted like a puppy. <laughs> it was brilliant. Like, and I just love love the emotion. Like, um, I can't remember who the, which member of staff called him, but he sprinted. He was like, "Oh, come on!" And he sprinted, and I was just like. I like that. I like that attitude that he really, really wanted to come on. Even though it was late in the game, he didn't care. He was coming on the pitch. And to be fair to him, um, he plays a big role um, in the goal. Yeah, it's, it's good for us, isn't it, to be able to bring a player on of his talent, talent in FA Cup tie like that. You know, it shows that we've got a, a, a strong squad, doesn't it, yeah. still, with players out on the bench and, and still Ado and um, and Lang to be sort of rotating around the striking position. But yeah, so yeah, and, and what happened in the 89th minute, Ollie will be talked about for a very, very long time. Yeah, really nice goal. Um, it's funny we've been critical. Well, we've been critical once. We mentioned it once about the throws being slow, but having two strikers on, I think, helps. So Love yeah. throws it to Cummings, who controls under pressure, passes it back to Love. Love drifts inside and passes it back to Pierre. And this is one of the the, the elements of the the team performance that I really liked is that Pierre pushed forward. So he went into the space. He gets the ball. He looks up for a pass. He sees Cummings. He passes it to Cummings, and um, he plays it back to Pierre. And Pierre just levers it and it flies <laughs> into the back of the net. And one, I don't know, I'll let you kind of say your highlight of what you liked about the goal. But for me, one of the things I liked about it is the way it just kind of like just went up ever so slightly, like, a, like, yes. a, like almost like a centimetre every metre, just gliding into the back of the net like a, some kind of like homing missile. Yeah, like a plane taking off or something. What I liked the most about that goal was, and it's one of those magic moments in football where a certain thing happens, where there was a sort of noise and there was a noise, and as everyone saw that ball get laid off, there was that intake of breath that sort of dulled the noise of the stadium to the point of when he struck the ball that hard, you heard that noise. And I honestly think, you know, and I think back now in the romanticism of it, that as soon as you heard the noise he, he made when he hit that ball, you knew it was in. Because it was so loud, you knew he had walloped it. And if it was low... And it was on target. There was no way the keeper was saving it. And it just one of those things that, you know, you're a member of the, again, I feel a little bit like the Nolan thing. There was like a, a breath just before he went to take that shot. And then there was that explosion. It was like that again, you know, with, with the Pierre thing. And, and the noise sort of, you know, reverberated just for that one second. And, um, oh, it's fantastic. When it settled in the net, like everyone was just mobbing yeah. each other around us. The, the whole stadium went yeah, crazy absolutely. more than it has for a while. Yeah. yeah, I was jumping around, turned to my mate Ian grabbing him and then yeah grabbing the guy next to me and yeah it was really good fun and um yeah absolutely super goal and yeah um just yeah he just celebrating oh, and then you just turn your it. eyes to the bristol city fans um, which is going to mention actually i got um a, a funny tweet from a bristol rovers um podcast <laughs> um just saying and um, basically with a heart sign and i've um yeah it was quite funny just obviously they enjoyed seeing us um yeah put some misery <laughs> further misery onto bristol city they- 
they were tweeting things like beating Shrewsbury's not for everybody and then like a picture of the 4-3 game where they beat <laughs> us so they've got a bit of a, a one-up on Bristol City this season but oh, just from, from that point onwards the rest of the game was yeah. We're going to play the audio in now so let's play the yes. audio in so people can kind of obviously not see it because we're a podcast but yeah, <laughs> relive the memory and also the chance after are really cool as well so yeah, here's the, here's the audio of the goal So yeah, it was just an unreal noise, wasn't it? And um, yes, I don't know. We've had so many, you know. Just I think that's the thing about Shrewsbury. It's been such a roller coaster over the last few years, especially with on this podcast, Ollie. But if I sat down, we, we could write a really good list of twenty moments that were just fantastic as a town fan. And this one goes right up there for me, you know. And we'll, we'll put it in some sort of context later on. But bloody brilliant. And you know, we sh- from that point onwards, we did the usual sort of thing in terms of seeing games out. Yeah, nice time to score the 89th minute. Um, didn't yes. leave too long. There's a couple of little scares. Um, but nothing too worrying. Major. Um, yeah, I'm, sh- I've, I'm sure the... Um, obviously, I don't know this for facts. So I can't really say I'm sure. But I think the, like, the referee played a little bit more extra time than was required. Like it. I saw Sam Ricketts <laughs> getting quite animated. Um, and then, yeah, cue full time. Um, and, yeah, a, um, a pitch invasion. So what did you make of the pitch invasion, Glenn? Oh, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I, I, normally if it would have been like we'd have scored on 65 and, and the game would have been getting towards that exciting conclusion, then maybe you would have thought, what was the point of that? But it was, I think it was just that the goal was 89 and the atmosphere didn't drop, Ollie, from that sort of delirium. Everyone just, I stood up the rest of the game. Everyone was chanting, there was cheering. Everyone wanted to get down the front to celebrate. I think probably a few people thought we'll get on, but once a few got on, everybody went on then. So I think it was the case. I've seen a lot of people call it Tim Pot, but rarely as a football club do you ever really get to celebrate something quite cool like that and it was mostly young young guys yeah, it was all there. they'd all been all been chanting a lot and I think that I'm, I'm not going to be too miserable and sullen about it I don't give two shits what anyone thinks about our football club I think it's Tim Pot fine great we're in round four we made a load of money good luck I'm, I'm sure that'll really if your club didn't make it that far unlucky yet. so I haven't really got a problem with it Ollie to be honest yeah I, I think yeah for me it's a bit um, it's a bit over the top but and for me also for those <laughs> also it meant that the players couldn't come round that was unfortunate yeah that's yeah. probably my biggest gripe but yeah in terms of it happening like yeah whatever the, I'm sure the lads um, the lads and girls and boys that went on really enjoyed themselves yeah. so yeah I'm sure that'll be well, a memory that they'll they'll live long into the memory and I'm sure they've got it, some good selfies and photos yeah and it might be the sort of thing that you know is such a good moment that it keeps these young lads coming back every week now yeah. and you know things that are quite important I remember my first pitch invasion and, and what we did on that so um, yeah so I think it's, it's good but I, I also think that um um, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate they couldn't come back out, but you've got to remember we've got a, a big Liverpool FA Cup tie to come and they'll get a chance to do it then, hopefully, or unless we win <laughs> and do another pitch invasion. And if we beat Liverpool, Ollie, I'm on the pitch. <laughs> if we beat Liverpool, God, I don't know how, how we'd react to that. It's not going to happen, <laughs> oh. but. Um, oh, Ollie! You with you, you little faith, being, we'll get to that. And what... Maybe I'm kind of tempting fate, but. Um... <laughs> Trying to attempt Legit- it anyway, but um, <laughs> legitimately, it is a fair thing to say. I don't yeah, think we'll beat Liverpool, no, but no, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Depends we'll see on the team they put out, to be honest. But we'll come on to that later. We will. We will. So Bristol City for me, Ollie. My, my thoughts on them. I, I think the last fifteen minutes they played it incredibly poorly. I think that they didn't have to go so gun ho. It's almost like they wanted to win it in normal time, forgetting they had an extra thirty minutes if they needed it, and they were reasonably controlling game at certain points in the second half. And the more they pushed up, the more space they gave us, and we were going to hit them on the break at some point. I really, really felt like it, and um, foolish, I think, from their manager not to have made made them sit back a little bit, particularly in the last five six minutes, just to say right. Okay, we'll get through to the, the extra thirty, and we'll, we'll do them then. It was it seemed a bit naive, Ollie. I think it comes down to their yeah, they wanted to win the game, and I don't know how do you put it. 
they're a team that needs confidence um, and they've obviously got, got quite a clear um, sense of how he wants his team to play so they were kind of playing to their philosophy um, which is fair enough I guess um, they got close quite a few times didn't they um, yep. you know their big striker had quite a few chances and he fluffed them to be honest he, he looked amazing until he had to shoot <laughs> <laughs> which is he a bit of a really, problem for a striker yeah it, well we've had enough of them but yeah he, he looked really good and they, were, they had the two wingers as well look really good as well and, they, and this is my point is that they were playing good players they, they played a good team and it was, a, and I think it was a good standard championship team. And that that they didn't go on to win is just all the more credit to the way that we all they all played, and particularly the, the centre backs as well. But and again, I, the other reason I thought it was a bit naive is because you could sort of see with that last twenty minutes coming up that they were starting to panic a little bit that they haven't got it won or they hadn't scored and they weren't ahead and there was starting to be you know snatched at chances and a pass out of play and you know the pressure of it, you know Liverpool being on the horizon and, and them being the big team and, and I, I thought their levels dropped a little bit in that last 10-15 minutes and that's why you know I thought a, a manager might have spotted that and thought I need to get get out of here we need to make sure we don't lose this we did make a few changes don't need to try he and did. influence yeah, the game he did. but, uh, but um, yeah I, I don't know I just I, I thought they were good but I thought they just played that last period wrong and, it, and, and, it, and that's the thing that cost them in the end yeah I guess it's one of those it's just, um, yeah hindsight again isn't it if they got yep. the goal and then it obviously would have been the right thing to do um, so yeah in terms of top threes I think it's fair to say as we've mentioned already we've mentioned pretty much everyone's name I think yes um, and they all deserve it yeah everyone had a fantastic performance um, the subs um, as well um, yep. as well as the starting 11 had a really fun, really brilliant performance and, and it's really refreshing you know we always get to the top threes and, and we're very negative and it's, sometimes it's a challenge but it was really fun doing this time. Yeah. Um, Pierre yeah. was obviously clearly number one by Massive. miles, um, not just obviously for his goal, but for his defence's performance and kind of, yeah, as you've mentioned, Glenn, the leadership he showed in his performance. Um, I went for Williams second because I thought he just had a really, really good performance, uh, a really solid defensive performance. Um, and then I went for Laurent and I struggled to kind of my third because I wasn't really sure who to go for. But then I remembered some of the dribbles and he, I'm sure he nutmegged someone. Um, on the, he on almost the right doubled nutmeg. Yeah, he nearly did a double yeah. nutmeg. And I thought he worked really hard, as you alluded to earlier. Um, and I thought he had just had, thought um, Laurent just had a really good game. And, and for me, that's one of the nice things to see. And I just really hope we can build some from this. We saw players kind of get back to some of the form that we've seen them throughout the season. And yeah, it was good to see some players enjoying themselves was, and expressing was, themselves. Was. And that's what we saw. And I remember in the, the, the end of the game, when we had one a counter-attack, everyone was bombing forward. And that's what we want to see. We do, and it's got to be a it's got to be a lesson. My top three very similar to yours, Ollie. I, I've been, I, as I said, I think that was the best three centre back performance we've seen for a very long time. So I was Pierre, the Grenade, and Van Dyke, all every every inch of him. To be honest, on 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 Tuesday night, he was just brilliant. And I thought Williams similar for you, but I just thought again, he's another that's showing a lot more maturity with the more games he get. He just he just looked like a solid League One, well top end League One, you know bottom end Championship centre back, and um, you know if he keeps playing like that, he'll be get picked off us at some point, unfortunately. And and then, as I say, I went for Ebanks third as well because he sort of the was maybe the the less um, oh that tackle notable. he did wasn't there a tackle yeah. where he was one on one at the end? I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that was a superb tackle. And if anything, he won more headers than anyone in that game. He really did. Um, and some good blocks as well. So I went for the three centre-backs. The, th- the three amigos, uh, the Great Water Shrewsbury, as I've called them before. So well-deserved, to be honest with you. Um, and that was good. Into, before we got to Sam Ricketts, um, I was just going to ask you a quick question about the context of this win, really, Ollie. For you, personally. Because obviously we had Stoke last year, which was a, a mad cup run. And obviously we had that Sheffield Wednesday one, uh, win I mentioned in the introduction with the stats. Do, would you place this cup win above either of them? And if so, is it the best win in the FA Cup since we beat Everton? Um, I think yes. I think really? yes because of the the timing of the goal, the goal yes. itself, 
Um, it was a really good goal, really good strike. Um, and then I think also, let's be honest, the carrot of, of having Liverpool, knowing yeah, who yeah. you're playing next, and it's at home as well. Um, so I think all those kind of elements um, kind of come together um, and for me. And I think also as well, I don't know why, for, for me as well, I think the fact that we put a really good performance in at Bristol City, so we kind of got a just win. Uh, yeah. And also yeah. some Bristol City fans clearly don't know much about the economy of Shrewsbury. Um, so oh, yeah. really, so it was really nice to um, yeah send them home and kick them out of the cup. I, I don't quite agree with you, Ollie. I, I, I think between this tonight, Stoke and Sheffield Wednesday, they're all really close because obviously Stoke had the context of the fact we knew we would play Wolves and we came back from 2-0 down. That's just an unre- unreal story. I hope when you're you not go comparing back Wolves to Liverpool. No, no, but it was a Premiership game and a local rival game, wasn't it? And that was a lot for us at that point in time with Ricketts and Edwards and everything. Um, and you know we forget about some of these things. We always get stuck in the moment. But for me, the Sheffield Wednesday win was was bigger for me just because it was a round further ahead and it put us in the fifth round for the first time in a long time. And also it had the drama, like last night, of a, of a very late goal um, scored by a, a right-back who shouldn't have been there, set up by a striker that didn't do anything the yeah. rest of the season. So and Donny's commentary... Donny's yeah. commentary, you think of that Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday games. Exactly, And you yeah. think of Donny's commentary. And Donny, after Pierre scored, again, went a bit croaky. <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, I've got a bit about that when we get to it in a minute. So for me, I just shade Sheffield Wednesday, then last night, then Stoke, and, and obviously Everton above all three of them in terms of my time and the FA Cup over recent times. But maybe we'll do a poll you know, of those four games and see which one comes out winning. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's certainly one of the best Cup, cup yeah. wins for, for a long time since last season <laughs> so um, we're having a good time in the cup at the moment we shouldn't really complain anyway Sam Ricketts we all left with smiles on our faces and, and that's right I was walking home and there were so many people chatting about this that and the other and just buzzing but Ricketts was massively delighted yeah he was really delighted um, I, I've kind of focused on the interview the classic interviews he did with um, BBC BBC Shropshire and then Lewis Cox um, but we're, we're critical but we're also we like to give praise as well I thought Sam yep. Ricketts interview on Five Life was absolutely superb um, he spoke with a huge level of, of humility. Um, he was talking about the players and the fans and the club um, rather than himself. Even though they were asking him questions about himself, he deflected them to talk them back about the players and the fans and the Fair club, play. which was really good. Um, yeah, he spoke like a real leader. I thought it was a really, like, it was really, really good interview on Five Live. It was fantastic. Um, and then what did he say to BBC Shropshire? He said, obviously, I'm delighted. And the players, excellent. I thought they were superb in carrying out what we, what we asked them to do, not just tonight, but in the first game as well. Um, in the two games, we've shown what we're capable of, and we're delighted for them to get through. Um, you know, he's, he's, really, this is quite interesting, actually. He said, he said to the players before that in games like this, sometimes it's decided by a 25-yard strike. And asked them to <laughs> encourage them to shoot. And I think it's fair to say that, um, yeah, we, we did have a lot more shots than normal. Um, and we created a lot of chances, which was really encouraging. Um, you, know, you know, he was... Yeah, he was very positive. Um, he said it was a special night for everyone involved. You could see what it meant to the supporters. Football is all about entertainment, enjoyment, and that's what the cup runs are for. Um, and interest- that's what saying. <laughs> interestingly, he said we need to unite everyone, and that's what I hope as well. You know, we can get a few results off this. Obviously, it's going to mean it's going to mean something financially. It's going to mean something from memory. You know, football yep. is a journey. It's an adventure. Um, and yeah, playing Liverpool at home with Jurgen Klopp coming is is certainly in a. a a nice um, stop on the adventure. It is. And if it's a journey, you know, it's a journey we want to keep going forward with. And, you know, we'll talk about Fleetwood a little bit right at the end of this, but Fleetwood could potentially be a right turn off that journey. Because if we don't go there and do anything at all, and we revert back to type, 
then it, it does you know open up all the same questions and it does exactly. whittle away some of the good good work that's been done this week in terms of this cup win so um yeah we'll have to see which way that goes but i'm not going to discount the fact we can't kick on again i want us to kick on i want to see us do really well i'm happy to to to, to fall in line i'm support this team like i have done the rest of the season i just want to you know this podcast slightly different to our performances at the game you know we're me and you i know from sitting here every week we're massively into every game cheering them on wanting to win every single game we go and watch um you know when you sit down on a sunday night and you start to think about things you can be slightly more uh critical i suppose um but yep nothing to be critical about last night yeah, it was flipping great. fantastic so we'll we'll leave the game there and we'll move on to a couple of sections now a bit of a, a look at the reaction um on social media and in other places and then we've got a little bit of a reflection on what's to come in terms of the tickets and the Liverpool game chase for Fowler oh he's got the better of Walton he shouldn't have tried to do that Walton Fowler needs to put it back to McManaman well he didn't need McManaman so Ollie it's fair to say mate that as we sound tonight, uh, 24 hours later, still absolutely buzzing, that the reaction amongst Shrewsbury Town fans at the end of the game was very, very good. Yeah. And um, I think social media in this circumstance gives you a, it makes it gives you a good a lot of laughs, but it also gives you a real reflection of, of that sort of um, way that everyone's buzzing. And connection really. so, as well, it brings everyone together to have a connection. Because obviously everyone exactly. dispersed, either you went back to Meal or Halsford yeah, or yeah. Town Centre, or like me, you got in your car and drove for 50 minutes, uh, and the guys on the trains <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, you know, everyone's still connected through it. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really positive. And I think it's fair it, to say that, um, you know, the club led the way. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it keeps you in that, it keeps you in it. Do you know what I mean? That's what social media, the good thing about it can do as a football fan. It can keep you in that that little zone. You're right, you don't just walk through the door and, and sort of, oh, that was it. And, and kind of does keep you going. But yeah, brilliant from the club, I thought, in terms of their content. Um, they provided the sort of unedited last few minutes of the game, Ollie, um, from sort of the behind the scenes video do, which was really yeah. good. They uh, sent a sort of Liverpool-related um, unlucky tweet to Bristol City uh, on their Twitter, which the Liverpool <laughs> Twitter account picked up on, so that was good fun. Um, and there was loads of jokes about it being Salah versus Salah or Trent versus Seven, um, Van Dyke versus Offers Dyke, um, Gomez versus Go Cars, or Jurgen Klopp versus Wild Cop. I, I came up with a few of them, but it was quite funny. People were coming up with their own ones, um, but f- fans were just really laughing at everything, really. Um, and one thing I've, I kind of mentioned on Facebook today and put for, for people was we all really owe Ashley Williams uh, a bit of something, don't we? Because he played for Swansea when we beat them on the um, on the way to playing Arsenal at the Emirates. Last season, obviously, he played for Stoke uh, and we went on to play Wolves. And then last night, he played for City before we went on to play Liverpool. So You must love Shrewsbury. Fascinating <laughs> when he brings his, um, his, his book out. I think he'll have a... A, a small section called Bloody Shrewsbury. <laughs> How much money do you think he's made us? What a man, what a man. Um, and then there was something about Callum Lang that yeah, you picked up Yeah, it was quite on, interesting. On... So yeah, it was an article, I can't. I, I apologise, I can't remember the source. It was one of, um, was, I can't remember if it was a Liverpool Echo or um, is this Anfield, I apologise, I can't remember. But it was a really interesting yeah. story that he came through the Liverpool Academy. Yeah, I but he's actually um, an Evertonian, and he was actually at Anfield, <laughs> and when they lost in the derby in the third round, and um, he tweeted out that he'll be yeah playing them in the next round, which is yeah, which is quite a nice little story. He's got to start revenge on mind. You know, that's the sort of thing that can, can trigger yeah, these results. I'd like to, to see him start. Him and Cummings, scored. you know, him and Cummings up front. I don't know. It's, who knows what? We're, anyway, let's not think about that. But um, yeah, <laughs> Fleetwood first. Um, but in terms of that, talking about the press, it's great. You know, there's been Dunny's commentary has been played out on Radio One and Radio Six today, which he, he said on Twitter he thought was a first. Um, Shrewsbury were trending on Twitter all last night and a bit this morning as well, which is pretty rare for us. Um, I say Liverpool blogs and Liverpool sites have been starting to put up content about the game with us and what we're all about. Um, some quite trite, some quite interesting, actually, the ones I read today. And yeah, it's just always good, isn't it, to see our name out there and again, just building up that the fact that this football club is a football club that's been moving forward over the last 10 years, new stadium, 
doing better in the FA Cup, you know, gone up a league and, and establishing. And I hope that's the narrative this time that the press pick up on when we have our live TV game. I hope it's not plucky old Shrewsbury, oh, this will save the club this money for 10 years, because that isn't the case. There should be a, no. a bit of a focus on us being a unique thing within the football league. And I think as fans and as, as a podcast and media, fan media stuff, I want to try and get that message out there and try and you know get these these media companies that are going to come down here to see that that story that I think is always missed. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's not a, we're not just we're not on Oldham. Um, no, fans no. to Oldham fans. Um, we're not. Um, you know, we're one of the best well run clubs in the football league. Um, living within our means. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that the money that we're going to have from this um, will be given directly to the to the manager to to, to spend. Um, because mm. let's be fair, Roland's done everything he can off the field. Um, he's training ground, um, you know, stadium, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, good good news. Yeah, let's get that message out there. I think as fans. And uh, last few things really that have sort of been all over all over the sort of social media and, and press today. Lewis Cox seems to have won like like he's won the lottery as a, as a he's Liverpool meet fan. Jürgen so. Klopp. He's gonna be like a yeah. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be, you think he'll be shy. <laughs> Do you think he? Yeah, he's gonna have to be very uh, balanced, isn't he, to keep uh, his own love of Liverpool and his support of Shrewsbury Town on on thing. But good old Lewis, he'll probably get on right with that. But yeah, he'll be loving that. Um, City fans' reaction. Read some of that today. I think they were. In general, I think Bristol City fans are really positive about us, Ollie. I think, you know, the general vibe that we deserved over both games was what I came through. But I think they've got bigger issues to worry about. And yeah. I'm pretty sure reading it today, their manager's going to get sacked, which not today, but like he's on his last warning. Yeah, it's really, not going to help, after. is it, losing to Shrewsbury no. um, in, the, exactly. in the league? In the league, I mean, the league, sorry, the FA Cup. And then El Presidente, the Grenadian FA president, Cheney Joseph, was tweeting that he's on his way for the Liverpool game. I'm not entirely sure he's going to have enough loyalty points, Ollie, so I'm not sure what he's going to do about that. But yeah, the madman's coming to England, <laughs> so maybe maybe we ought to try and doorstep oh, him and get yeah, him on the podcast. Funny story, um, actually, about tickets um, <laughs> that um, the former groundsman put on, 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 on Twitter, what I thought was brilliant. Yes, I saw that. Where um, someone had contacted his wife and asked, not just asked for a ticket, asked for four tickets. And his wife pointed out he hasn't worked for the club for four years or five years, um, and she unfriended the person. Um, so I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant, funny story. Oh, God, poor old Andy. Um, yeah, that's quite good. Um, last thing I was going to comment on, in terms of all the media I've heard today, bloody hell, they did an interview on Radio Shropshire this morning, Ollie, you won't have heard this. It was um, one of the out-and-about out and Rover reporters, and he went down the meadow, and he was standing there with Brian, and... It, oh, he was terrible. Brian had saved this interview. He was interesting and was given lots of information. This guy was, turned out he was a Liverpool fan, but that wasn't the reason he was terrible. He just didn't really seem to understand what was going on or what football was or anything. It was terrible. So hopefully he's not involved in any more of the coverage because that was terrible. But everything else I've read today has been really good. So um, that's fine. But as we talk about, you know, that's the, the sort of, what do we call that? The reaction. We've also got a bit of a reflection now because you just talked about tickets there, Ollie. And just for everyone that's listening, really, the ticket news came out today. Yeah. Um, so season ticket holders onwards from tomorrow through to Sunday. One ticket per supporters number, and this was two, which is which is which I'm going to have my own personal moan now because it scuffered me a little bit. Because obviously I talk about it on the podcast all the time. I take the kids to loads of games, don't I? You know, you've seen them at tons of away games with me, Ollie. Have but I? Pre- well, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just trying to say it's not true. <laughs> you don't. Take oh, the I kids. see. There you go. No, no. I think that it's. Uh, I think it's fair. But um. To be fair, I've never got them a sports number because you know with that rule of season ticket holders pretty much getting at least two seat, two tickets for every other big game, I've always relied on that being the case. However, that rule's changed now. We only get one ticket, which so I think is my fair. Children, I th- I actually think it's totally fair. I totally agree with it. However, I wish they just announced it in the summer and said, look, we're going to do this different from the Wolves game and the Stoke game so that everyone that was previously relying on that got the chance to do it. And I have seen a few people with kids that do a similar thing to me where they just get their tickets on their account that have not got separate numbers. 
because it makes it really difficult with where you sit with kids and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a bit awkward. It affects quite a small amount of people. But I I think, to be fair, the ticketing arrangement is really good. And that includes the fact that Liverpool agreed to set the price at £20, yeah. which is amazing for a game against Liverpool. It'd be fascinating, you know, whether they give us the gate. And the reason yeah. I say that is because um, I think it was Tranmere when they played Spurs. Um, and Spurs said you can keep your home gates. Um, I'm pretty sure it was that game. I might have just made up a fixture that never happened. Yeah, maybe. Um, I do remember one of those. Yeah, that would be quite nice. Yeah, but it makes Liverpool look like you know the people's club compared to someone like Man United who's just kicking off yeah. now when we record this podcast. They charge Wolves fans 55 quid to go and watch an FA Cup replay when Wolves only charged them like 25. If you sat if you sat on that stand we were in, you know the one down yeah. the side, it was like 22. And it just, I don't know, like for a club that used to run British football, you know, English football, and, and were the iconic club, they seem like a really dirty little team at the moment, Man United, the way they do stuff like that. And it's not like they need that money off Wolves fans, is it? So fair play to Liverpool. You've got to give them a bit of credit for that yeah. as, as one of the biggest clubs in the world to say, yeah, all right, we'll let you guys charge 20 and we'll we'll let our fans have a nice day out for 20 quid as well. So I thought that was fantastic. Um, and then after season Golders, there's obviously a sliding scale of loyalty points, Ollie. And to me, yeah. I don't know if you agree, the brackets seem a lot more fairer now. More brackets. I didn't really look at them, to be honest. I knew you'd cover them. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of it being people with like 14 loyalty points in there with one person with one loyalty point, there's more brackets now. So if you've been to three or four games, I would say, you know, if you've been to maybe two or three games, I think you'll stand an incredibly good chance of getting your one ticket. So sounds good to me. Um, short windows to claim your ticket, so you're going to have to be on your, on your toes. And they go on sale tomorrow th- morning, so we're recording this yes. on the Wednesday night, um, and yep. they go on sale Thursday morning. And two more things to say: I think some will get to general sale personally, um, and also if you really want to go and you're desperate to get there, you've got two options: you go to Fleetwood and you get two loyalty points, which will probably pretty much guarantee you a ticket, I reckon, or you buy a half season ticket because both of those both of those will get you in brackets or will get you a season ticket. So there are ways if you are desperate to go that you can do it, you know, with, with not a massive outlay. So yeah, and the club, good luck with that. Club gets money as well. So at least ours is much more straightforward than Liverpool's. Though, Ollie. It's, I love this. <laughs> this is brilliant. So so if you're a Liverpool fan and you want to come to, to Shrewsbury and we have something <laughs> like seven one thousand seven hundred um, seats, one thousand ninety, seven thousand ninety, something like that. Um, yeah. It's um, the, the the announcement from Liverpool states that uh, basically you need to be a season ticket holder or an official members. Um, obviously a member of their members club um, and you need to have been to um, the following game so you need to have been to yeah. all four of these games so West Ham in two um, 2015 to 16 season Exeter <laughs> City to 2015 to 16 season Plymouth Argyle um, in 2016-17 and then Wolverhampton Wanderers last year so you had to oh, go to all four games so obviously you they obviously know obviously they know there's enough fans obviously more than 1,700 fans have been to those four games so you, mm. yeah, I don't know, Glenn. If I think if if we were, let's say Liverpool fans, in the sense that it was that strict, I don't think I'd be able to go. <laughs> I think you probably no, would. No, I don't think it. I would. Maybe maybe we should we should do that from now on. Say if you went to you know the Margate game in the conference season, and you went to Lee RMI, and you went to Bristol City in the preseason a few years ago, and you went to Ludlow in preseason this year, yeah, <laughs> to make it as difficult as possible, there'll be about four people that could go. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think ours is much more straightforward. Um, in terms of reflections, the last thing we were just going to look at before we move on to the next round, um, it was let's give Ricketts another bit of credit here because in his run in the FA Cup so far since he joined the club, he's banked us. On prize money and TV money now, five hundred grand, which is no small amount of money no. to a football club like us. So, 
a round two win last year, 27 grand. Round three, 67 grand. And then this year, obviously, round one, two, and three is 36, 54, and 135 grand in total prize money, plus Liverpool on TV, which is another 144,000. So, total amount of just that stuff, 463,000. And you can probably add a fair bit onto that in terms of those big games and the season and the, the ticket sales as well. So, he's obviously, he's obviously brought us in half a million quid in, in terms of the cup run. And, you know, we have our moans about the league form and stuff, but money is a big part of how this small football club is run. And, um, other than Mickey Mellon going back as far as you know um, before, beyond the New Meadow years back to sort of Quinn, Quinn and um, even back as far as Ratcliffe that's the most amount of money other than Mickey Mellon if you look at prize money and TV money anyone's brought into the football club so yeah no, it makes, makes a real difference doesn't it so yeah hopefully yep. he's funding his own yeah he's boosting his own um, transfer kitty there so that's good it won't be enough to get Greg Doherty though apparently no, just to, just to say to updated news is yeah it seems to have broken that it's a battle between Sunderland and Charlton and if there was two clubs I would not want Greg Doherty <laughs> to end up at it's Charlton and, Charlton and Sunderland so oh well poor old Greg his dad made us the app and it was a bit it was pointless we kept his dad on side and he's gone elsewhere so never mind maybe we'll get him next in the summer after their loans up um but that's it, yeah. you know. We're just going to move on to the next game, really, Liverpool, because we did contact our, our friends in the Liverpool media to yeah. get a bit of an idea of what we might expect. So, yeah, so, so yeah, um, I was contacted by um, Mr. Sandfield, and he's asking me if I could help them um, in the next week or so. Um, and I thought, yeah. well, I might as well ask him some questions, obviously, considering we've got a pod tonight. So I asked um, Henry, I asked him, what kind of lineup do you expect? He said, there's no denying the FA Cup is playing second fiddle to the Premier League and the Champions League this season. So, yeah. um, another much changed lineup is expected. He said he expects something similar to the, to the team that beat Everton in the third round with youngsters um, getting a go. Um, and also, we we do have injured players returning. However, this could be a great chance to give them some minutes. So in that kind of bracket, you've got Lovren, Matip and Fabinho, um, which we, who, who he could see starting. Oh, so, so at a guess, I'd say our starting 11 will look something like Adrian in goal. Williams is that really impressive right back starting. Yeah. Lovren, Gomez. Um, I have no idea how you pronounce his name. Um, La, actually, Larucci. Larucci, there we go, Glenn, you saved yeah. me there. Fabinho, Shrivella, um, Jones, um, Elliot, which would be interesting. Obviously, he's a bit of a young startler. Um, Shakiri and Origi. Um, so, oh, Jones obviously scored that thunder, uh, thunder strike against Everton. So, um, mm. in comparison, um, what did um, um, the Anfield Rap have to say? Yeah, so I've been on the Anfield Rap a few times with uh, John Gibbons. Um, first of all, a few years, you know, when we played Man United, they got us on to talk about that game because they were desperate for us to beat Man United in the FA Cup. And I went and talked on, I think, twice about safe standing because obviously that's quite a, a subject close to Liverpool fans' hearts. But um, yeah, they, they were sort of similar. It, you know, the Premier League is the number one. They've got, um, he said that they'd play uh, Wolves in the Premier League on the Thursday before the game. Yeah. But then they've got Wednesday, they've got West Ham on the Wednesday afterwards. So there's no way they're going to play a massive, their, their best, best players because it's three games in a very short period of time. But he, he was of the view that their team would be stronger than the one that played Everton, Ollie. Okay. Simply because there's lots of players returning from injury, like you just said. Yeah. So he thinks we'll see Adrian. He thinks we'll see that Neko Williams at right back and Larucci at left back. He thinks he'll see Matip and Lovren. And then Lalana maybe playing defensive central midfield with um, Curtis Jones, Alex Chamberlain uh, going up front. Uh, sorry, playing at attacking midfield. And he thinks the front three will be Minimoto, Shakiri, and Origi. If that turns up, <laughs> it's pretty scary, yeah. isn't it? Really, in terms of some of those names. Exactly. Yeah. Because I was, I said, asked him another question. I said, no, what star names might we see? And he said, in terms of really world class individuals, we shot if we saw any of them. Um, but mm, he said we might yeah. see Oxley Chamberlain as well, or, or Adam yeah. Lana might start. For me, I'd really love to see um, um, Trent Alexander Arnold. I'd just love to watch his movement and where he goes. Um, that would be yeah, fascinating. Um, but yeah, I also asked another question, like how serious is Klopp taking the FA Cup? Um, interesting point. They haven't won the FA Cup since 2006, but it's the third most important cup. So you know, like I think there's 
I imagine obviously Jurgen Klopp wants to win trophies. Um, mm. And obviously, you know, he wants to build a dynasty. Um, that's his Henry's words, not mine, at Anfield. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of like, yeah, it's heart versus, you know, looking at the fixture list in terms of who plays. And you don't know who what's going to happen. Obviously, might be some injuries and who knows what else. Um, but, yeah, pretty relentless team. And whoever plays, it's mm. going to be interesting to see how they play. Yeah, John said the same thing, really. He said that whatever team they play, even this this team or your team, I suspect, Liverpool will expect this team to win, you know, and, and win reasonably comfortable, I yeah. think. Um, and he said this isn't to disrespect Shrewsbury or, or your fans or, or, or your club. He just said it's our squad players are now exceptional and Klopp's amazing, done amazing to keep them happy. He said three or four years ago, you know, if we were thinking of playing the reserve team against Shrewsbury away in a FA Cup fourth round, he might have been a bit more worried, but he thinks that, that they've got such a wide, strong squad now and all the money they've had going into it. And it's probably fair, isn't it? You know, that is still two yeah, good squads, if, which either of them. So, you know, the, the fact that if he's got a Rigi starting up front and that happens, this guy, you know, scored the winner in the Champions League last year and he's going to roll out on, on New Meadow. It's, it is, you know, an interesting, you know, comparison to, to, to football from the very, very top to, you know, even, Something which is still massive for us, you know. You know, the Champions League is the pinnacle, I suppose, for for a Liverpool fan. That and the Premier League, you know, winning the title. But for us, a game like this and and the chance to create an unbelievable moment in our club's history to beat even the B team of Liverpool, it'd be miraculous. And we get a crack at it, and you can only ask for that, can't you? Wally? Yeah, I I remember when we played um, Chelsea in the League Cup. Um, I was nervous in the first ten minutes. I'm sure I'll be feeling nervous <laughs> when I see some of their players line up. And, and for me, it'd be interesting yeah. how we start. We get a good start. Um, who knows what will happen? Hopefully we don't concede too early. Um, but yeah, we are playing um, a unbelievable um, football club um, at the moment. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing I'd say about it is, is that we're not going to go as gun ho as, as Everton did against them. Let's be brutally no. honest about it. We're going to play the same we, we play played all season. And, football and, yeah, and I don't exactly. think anyone have any qualms about that. So it will give them a different challenge, won't yeah. it, from, from how they how they tried to break Everton down. But um, yeah, it's going to be good fun. And um, I, I'm looking forward to it as a game. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it to seeing where the rest of the next It'll be fun really as well because I like these games as well because I, I got loads of messages from like my friends and Charlton fans and Newcastle fans and um, yeah, Borough fans messaging me. Also, loads and loads of people messaging me. And it's a game that's obviously on TV as well. So that's quite fun as well. Hopefully I'll be able to sort the kids out some tickets. Otherwise <laughs> You're I'm, I'm in gonna trouble. Be looking, they're going to be looking for a new dad. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll ask you one more question, Ollie, like I asked you last week. If we lose to Fleetwood on Saturday, is the FA Cup a distraction? Well, it's not a distraction, Glenn, because remember my <laughs> definition of distraction is when you're trying to well, get out of a relegation fight. So for me, there's nothing to be distracted from. That's my answer. Um, yeah, but, oh dear. again, there's always a but with us. Um, I'd kind of set a challenge to the players, not the manager, set a challenge to the players. You know, you enjoyed Tuesday night and you had a fantastic experience. And I'm sure you're absolutely loving the the kind of the the kind of the... Um, Adulation. Yeah, and all the comments and all you mate. I met you. Yeah, I bet your phones have been going mad. Um, the challenge to the players is to go to Fleetwood um, and get something yeah. in the league um, and get something in the league games running up to the Liverpool game. And and yeah, let's not let it become a distraction. Um, let's let's take the positive from this game that all the fans and the happiness and the, the the joy that that resort has brought. Let's take mm. that into onto the performance. Fleetwood are really tough team so it is going to be a hard game but we just want to see a good performance I think I think I think there is an argument to say it's definitely not a distraction from keeping ourselves up but if we lost at Fleetwood and we and we, we didn't you know didn't do well after the FA Cup game when we have it there's definitely a dist- there's definitely an argument to say it could have been a distraction yeah, it's going to, to raise questions going on, about going again. on and doing better this season yeah. but you know 
we made a load of money, so exactly. really let's matter. be positive. It's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic evening, a fantastic goal, um, and a, a yes. memory that we're, we're going to definitely cherish. Good stuff. We can put this one on the, the sort of bookshelf of Shoestown history now that we'll maybe come back and listen to one day down the line when we think about that that night and what we had coming up. And yeah, we'll be back on, on Sunday, won't we, Ollie, yeah. to talk about the Fleetwood game. Hopefully, get a guest on because it might be that neither of us make it, although I might go just to get the kids' loyalty points now. Um, so uh, yes, we'll catch you on Sunday. And uh, yeah, congratulations to Town for last night. And here's to to the next big game. Oh!